0: Welcome to episode 33 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week is a very special episode where we don't talk about an older game, we talk about games that haven't come out yet, and talk about E3 2018. The three hosts, Mike, Mo, and myself, gathered our top three most anticipated games, and we talked about them. Because of E3, we've pushed our Star Wars Republic Commando episode to June 20th, but rest assured that our Vanquish episode will still come out on June 27th as promised. As always, you can follow the Left Behind Game Club on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club, on Twitter at Left Behind Club, and at leftbehindgame.club. Choo choo! Come aboard the E3 hype train. The episode starts now. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, Momertadi. How's it going, guys? And the second friend, sitting right next to me, is Mike Ruffalo.
1: I've been demoted to second friend.
0: Yeah, you are now the second friend. But speaking of the number two, let's move to number three and talk about E3. Talk about a great segue. The Electronic Entertainment Expo is happening next week in Los Angeles. We're here to talk about our top three most anticipated games uh, of the show. It's a little different format for us. Typically, we talk about older games. We figured we'd try something new, see if you guys like it. If you like it, great. If you don't, then we'll readjust and go from there. So what we'll do is we'll each go through our top three most anticipated games uh, for the show. And then we've got some reader comments and tweets. We'll go through those. We're going to start with the man of the hour through the internet, Momotati.
2: Yes. Okay. So with me starting, I think my my first two are Team Nintendo. Um, The biggest reason being I don't have a Nintendo Switch, but I want to have a reason to get that Nintendo Switch. And that's kind of where I'm going to be starting off. Um, First one is Super Smash Bros. Kind of easy. Every generation has a Super Smash Bros. But I kind of thought about it. Every time I bought a Nintendo device, I bought Super Smash Bros. And I went through, like, you know, the classic challenges one by one. Hey, you have to defeat a Mega Mario, a Metal Mario, a Bowser of some kind. And that kind of kills a lot of time. I'm a big fan of getting value and, like, length of play for my dollars. And I feel like Super Smash Bros. is going to be that. You can play with a bunch of friends. It's the title for me and it might get me over the hump. What do you guys think?
0: I think that Super Smash Brothers the series is probably one of my favorite game franchises ever. Um, I have very very vivid memories. Christmas 2001 uh, when my mom gave us and I know when, uh, she gave us a GameCube with a copy of Luigi's Mansion and a copy of Super Smash Brothers. Never touched Luigi's Mansion because I was so into <laughs> Smash Brothers. That game is so good on GameCube. Brawl was fine, but the new ones that came out for 3DS and for Wii U, super solid. Play them tons with friends when they come over. It's probably like my number one go-to game. Uh, so to have it on Switch, maybe some new characters, maybe some new um, some new stages and some new stuff I would really like a single player campaign but I feel like I'm in Whoa. the minority for that
2: yeah that'd be kind of weird if it actually does a single player campaign I, you know what I'd be down for it but they did it with um, what was that uh, it was
0: I forget what it was called but they did a huge expansive single player campaign for Brawl I believe and I'd really love them to go back to that Michael
1: so I have a question about this Smash I know when it was announced I think last year uh, what we were teased was the Smash Brothers logo in the eye of a splatoon character um and i know there was a lot of question up in the air as to whether this was a new smash brothers game or an update to the wii u 3ds one have you guys heard anything about that because i i know that's been a trend on the switch taking games that you know were quite frankly pretty good on the wii u but didn't get an audience because the wii u as a platform didn't have an audience and then upgrading it jacob do you know
0: uh, so I think a lot of the details about the game have been sparse so far. I don't think we know yet if it's a full-fledged new title like a Smash 5 or if it's just a remake. Because they haven't really shown anything besides that teaser
2: trailer where they're like, Hey, it's the Inklings. Yeah, no. One, one of the things I think it works now is... I, so the GameCube Super Smash Bros. Melee was amazing. Loved it. I didn't really care for the Wii U version, uh, the Brawl that much. But I feel like the Switch, just having the ability to kind of hand someone a controller and just mash some buttons and play with them right there. This is the perfect console for it to come out and do really well. And if you were going to play it for the first time or anything, you instantly have multiplayer. The best thing thing about Smash Brothers with this potential new game. So, I don't know. I feel like it would be pretty sweet.
1: Smash is a great unifier. You can put a controller in almost anyone's hands. They don't need to be comfortable with it. They just need to know how to hit two buttons and vaguely move their character around the screen.
0: (laughs) You mean Uh, you don't know how to wave dash, Mike? Come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my Falco game is not that strong. No
0: Johns, bro. No Johns.
1: No. No Johns for me. Um,
0: Uh, If you are interested in what I'm talking about, there's a documentary about Super Smash Brothers and the scene. It's on YouTube. It's in multiple parts. It's very good
2: if you're interested.
1: It's called The Smash Brothers, right?
0: Yes, it is. Thank you.
1: Love that documentary. Uh, What's what's the next game on your list?
2: uh, So my next game is more or less... One actual game that was kind of announced just a few weeks ago, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. But I kind of want to see maybe a reveal of an actual maybe RPG adventure game, kind of like the ones they had on their mobile devices, the 3DS and so on and so forth, but a full-fledged Switch version. Because, Jacob, you mentioned this may not be like a full-fledged 3DS adventure game. Is, is that right?
0: Yeah, so, again, details... They're not as sparse as the Smash. There are details as of today. We're now recording this the Tuesday before E3. So the details that are out there now is that this will this game will only have the first 150 Pokemon. Um, there will be battles, uh, but there will not be wild Pokemon battles because the wild Pokemon encounters crazy. are Pokemon Go style.
1: Wow. So
0: you have your your Switch controller, or your Joy-Con rather, and you actually throw the Pokeball much like you do in Pokemon Go.
1: How many people are going to be throwing their Joy-Cons across the room?
0: It's <laughs> going to be like Wii Bowling all over again. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be awesome though. Um, Please
1: use the wrist strap.
0: Yes, do not forget the wrist strap, it's very important.
1: The problem now is even if you go outside to play, like that warning that, that screen mentioned, You can bring your Switch out there with you and then Mm -hmm. throw your Joy-Con across the field.
0: I'm just picturing a video on America's Funniest Home Videos where someone has their Joy-Con, they're like 10 feet away from their Switch on a picnic table, and they just whip it right at their (laughs) Joy-Con and they go,
2: but mom, the Pokemon! amazing no i think it's gonna be awesome the one of the things that got me in that little trailer that we saw a week or two ago um was when you're able to transfer the pokemon you caught on pokemon go so i'm not one of these hype beasts that kind of stopped playing pokemon go i'm still (laughs) casually playing this game so i'm really excited to like see my my pokemon that i made grow strong and awesome in my little garden or whatever they kind of previewed so it should be cool to kind of sync the two and that Those two themselves, Smash Bros. and Pokemon so far, are probably going to make me purchase that Nintendo Switch this year, possibly after E3 if something else gets announced. But yeah, those those are the two titles that are kind of getting me excited.
1: I feel like there are so many good reasons to own a Switch today or right now, and I can't wait to see what games come at E3 for for Nintendo and the Switch, because they make that, that offer more and more compelling with every day.
2: Yeah, you know what's funny? It seems like when the previous consoles did come out, it was there was so much hype before them, so much hype before them, and they got the release. And it, I, f- I've just from myself, I've noticed my hype for all those other consoles declined dramatically. Whereas with this one, the Switch, it keeps climbing, 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 and it's like getting me enticed to buy the actual console when I play mostly PC games.
1: Your expectations were set pretty low.
2: Yeah, probably. It's probably because of the previous uh, yeah consoles themselves. Good catch. Good catch. My
0: uh, so I own a Switch. I got it a few months ago. And I really haven't dug that much time, like, spent that much time doing it. But I actually lent it to my brother for a trip uh, to Chicago, and he took it for two weeks. And he was just, like, playing Mario Tennis Aces, the tournament demo, and he was just saying, like, man, this thing is great. And he's, like, a very casual video game player. So, to me, like, they're cashing in on that market that they've only, like, skirted with, uh, you know, With kids on the Mm -hmm. 3DS, now they're finally getting people that, you know, maybe grew up with Nintendo, casual game players, they have this Switch, they can take it with them anywhere, and we've got these great selections of titles. Man, Switch-tastic. Switch, miss.
1: <laughs> Nintendo with its Blue Ocean strategy.
2: Mm-hmm. Mo,
1: do you have another game that you're looking forward yeah,
2: to? Yeah, the, the next one is, so I, this probably has no relation whatsoever, but I'm a huge fan of, like, the open-world adventure games, like the Assassin's Creed, the Batman, Arkham City, things like that, um, Arkham Knight specifically, um, and huge fan of the superheroes. So, of course, that little teaser we got of the new Spider-Man game, I am all kinds of excited just to kind of web sling away, fly around the city. I can see myself spending hours just exploring the city and not completing any tasks, living as Spider Man. That's probably the one I'm the most excited for.
1: Our heads are gonna fall off, we're nodding so hard.
2: Yeah, it's it's I d I don't know what I don't know what it is in us, but that Spider Man game I think is gonna be sweet.
1: Insomniac is the developer of that. And I the last game that I remember them making that I played was Sunset Overdrive. And it might not quite be the last game that they put out, but the movement in Sunset Overdrive was so fun. The, the traversal, the grinding, the sliding, the flying, all of the different things that you could do in that game, I just had an amazing time uh, with. And I can only imagine how much better that's going to be when they have the concept of Spider-Man being able to shoot webs and swing and fly all over. Um I absolutely can't wait. I think that's a fantastic pick.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I'm a big fan of Insomniac from the Ratchet and Clank uh, series that they made. Uh, we, pre- uh, we, we previously played Ratchet and Clank Going Commando on the show. If you want to listen to that, you can check our archive of shows. You want to check um, out
1: Spider-Man's hot new arsenal?
0: Uh, I love Spider-Man 2, the game, the movie <laughs> game. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man is a game I've always wanted to play that came out like on the original Xbox, PS2. Maybe I'll play it someday. But like you said, just uh, the what they've shown, Insomniac, I, it just, my heart, it just beats very quickly. <laughs> P- we talk about nin- uh, Nintendo having an excellent lineup. Like Sony as well has just got a gangbusters, amazing lineup coming down the pipe. This is
1: um, one of my favorite internet personality says. It's never been a better time to love video games.
2: Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, that's my list. Um, uh, I think I've kind of put it, not, not that much thought into it, but those are the ones that I, like, saw recent, like, advertisement for because I'm not too heavy into, like, the research and finding out what's coming up, what's coming up, but those ones caught my eye, and I'm pretty excited. Next up, Jacob. What are your three? Okay,
0: so I, I actually had on my first list a lot of the games that you went through, Mo. Oh, um, sorry about but, that. <laughs> but no, I, I had actually put a few games. So here's the first one: uh, is the Ghost of Tsushima which is the new game from Sucker Punch. Not a lot of details have come out about it, but it's to me it looks like a samurai game similar to maybe what For Honor did. But for me, Sucker Punch has such a pedigree between what they did with Infamous and what they did with the Sly Cooper series. I just I want to know what they're working on. I want to see it in action, and I'm sure I'm going to love it. Because like Sly Cooper, the DNA is there to make a samurai-style game.
1: So... I had not been kept in on the loop, and I have seen nothing about this game. What does it look like? What What have we seen so far?
0: So there was one trailer that was released at Paris Game Week, and essentially what they showed, it looked like, to me, what I thought of was Onimusha and then um, For Honor. Like Those are the two games that I'm like, okay this is what this game looks and feels like. But if they bring in, like I said, the DNA of like all of their heroes in their game, so Sly Cooper and their heroes from Infamous, they all have that traversal ability. Uh, Sly Cooper had the ability to like jump on like very small objects, and that is immediately what I went to of like, okay, a Samurai is going to like run across the roof using the same uh, traversal abilities that Sly Cooper and the Infamous heroes had, and it's just going to be like... The best, but details are sparse I'm sure it'll be a focus at e3
2: cool yeah no I, I think the, the just by name dropping sly cooper that's in my top ten favorite games all time i don't know where in that list, but it will not drop below that top ten just because of the traversing the the art style the movement I have and it was one of the first like, games I've like played through and like completed I'm excited for this game jacob i don 't know much about it, but just having that background. Infamous and Sly Cooper specifically I'm excited I'm excited
0: Before I jump into my second game I need to ask you If you had to pick one Sly, P- Sly Cooper game Which one would you keep? Sly one, Sly two, or Sly three?
2: Keep or like throw away? What do you like- You
0: have to throw th- uh, two of them And you only get to keep one
2: Okay I- Thievius Raccoonus I think is my favorite by far But I feel like it's too easy By picking the first one
0: yeah I would pick the second one Just because they add gang dynamics But what I'm writing right now in my book That's sitting
2: right next to me Is we need to play Sly Cooper at some point
1: I've never played a Sly I, Cooper
2: I've, oh. I've played it the first time way back when And I'm almost certain I played it a second time Like a good while later Like within the past five years And it was still as good Good video
0: game Good Adding
2: it to the list Yeah
0: um, Second game that I want to talk about Is a part two uh, Last of Us part two Uh, The Last of Us is, uh, I almost think, my favorite game of last generation. Uh, I may have to think hard on that. It's definitely top two uh, from a storytelling perspective. Like, she gives her. Like, the the game gives her. Uh, And although details are sparse, again... Uh, On this game, we've not seen gameplay yet.
1: Mo, can you set up a tally for how many details are sparse?
0: (laughs) We're at four right now. (laughs) Yes, details are sparse. We're going to add that as the subtitle. E3 2018, details Details are sparse. sparse. Love it. Uh, Details are sparse, five. Uh, But again, I really trust Naughty Dog and what they do. Uh, Uncharted 4 was fantastic. It obviously was a a great way to end the series. Uh I keep saying pedigree, but like Sony pedigree for first party studios, they always deliver. I can't think of a Sony first party studio in the past ten years that was given the ball and didn't like
2: kill it. Yeah, so for the few people that haven't experienced seventy seven,
1: the what was what was that game? London eighteen seventy seven.
2: Yeah, oh uh, oh the
0: getaway. The, the getaway. getaway. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's right anyway most of their studios do really well
1: <laughs> and the, the ones that flop get swept under a rug
2: what was that the getaway I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Mo sorry Yo, no so for the few of us that haven't lived in the last of us world or played it at all what what is that game I've heard so much about it I hear it's similar to like the Wolver Logan movie origin stories like ask well what, what's what's the whole premise what are you doing and why should I be excited So there's a fungus that takes over
0: and, like, turns people into, I don't want to call them zombies, but, like, like zombies. And essentially, you have to take this girl in the first game. Her name is Ellie. You play Joel, uh, a father who lost his whole family, and kind of takes this girl under his wing. You go across the country to deliver this girl to a group of people that, you know, she's immune to this virus. And you want to essentially, like, create a cure from her antibodies. So you take her across the country to these people that you think are going to help. Um, But who knows if they do help. Uh, The second game takes place much uh, later. We don't know if Joel is part of it yet. But, uh, again, hopefully we'll find out more details at E3 2018. Sounds good. (laughs) So my third game... Uh, is one where, again, details are sparse, but thanks to Walmart Canada, they're not that sparse. Uh, Rage 2. So the original Rage came out in 2011. The game was developed by id Software, published by Bethesda, and it was an open-world shooter uh, that kind of fed off id 5. Which mega was textures. Mega textures. I believe that was John Carmack's last game before he jumped over to Oculus.
1: Yeah, it was a John Carmack... Uh crazy crazy moment where he's like let me just figure out a way to load in huge textures extremely fast on very limited hardware and after he solved that incredibly tough puzzle he went on to make rockets and vr (laughs) in his spare time
0: it's a very natural progression rockets in games rockets in real life
1: my favorite john carmack story just as a slight aside is when i think it was ferrari came to him and said you have to stop modifying our cars um or will stop selling them to you. Because he would take it as a personal challenge to make the Ferraris more efficient and even better than what they currently are.
0: And Darn Carmack is the creator of Doom Quake, right? Yeah. He's
1: yeah. Uh, one of the founders of it,
0: And he's a super genius. Yes. Now like, at Oculus Facebook.
1: He's smart on a way that people can only hope to think of.
0: Mm-hmm. If you want to watch a great video, uh, there are many videos when Oculus was first kind of coming out. And he was like developing his own like forks of Oculus like off in a corner at E3 and was showing it to people. It's really great videos, just just Google them. But let's get back to Rage 2. They look like they're completely changing the art style. More color. It's being developed by Avalanche Studios, uh who made uh Mad Max and has made the Just Just Cause cause games, which like, sign me up. Like all you have to do is like rage had a premise that I was kind of into. It kind of reminded me a lot of Mad Max and then kind of what the Definitely. Doom games brought in.
1: And Rage looked v- like, fr- from a, an animation and from like the graphic fidelity element, it looked fantastic. But from a color palette perspective, it was a lot of black, gray, and brown. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of adding a lot of color to this world, to me, sounds amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. It almost reminded me, and again, we've seen no gameplay yet. We've seen just kind of animatics and commercials, but it reminded me of Borderlands a little bit. Like right. it, it was like a little bit of the old Rage with some Borderlands, lots of color. Um, the ads like reminded me of the Blob as well. I don't even remember the da, da blob, the Blob, the game da Blob. It had very similar marketing to that. But I'm excited to see more details about Rage. I think Bethesda is going to have a killer show between this. Um, maybe Prey DLC, and then uh, whatever they're doing with Fallout Six Seventy Six.
1: Bethesda's come so far as a publisher. If you think about it, not long ago, they were publishing Shadow Warrior and Wet. And uh, I think, yeah, just a bunch of low-level B-tier games. And very quickly, they turned into a publisher that pumps out games that you legitimately look out for. Maybe two
0: or three a year, but like... And Everyone's a banger.
1: Yeah, and they, and they're getting there. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with that Zenimax acquisition um, and just pumping a lot of that private capital into them. But no matter what the cause was, I am also hugely stoked to see Rage two.
0: Um, and that leaves Michael and his three picks. Okay. Give us your first pick.
1: So the first pick is a game that uh, it's a little game that most people don't know about, and it is Anthem. Uh, and that's that's a joke because I think last year everyone was incredibly hyped to see uh, was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year. Everyone was incredibly hyped to see Anthem. Um, it looked fantastic. It had uh, an interesting mix between what I would say was a like a Titanfall and a Mass Effect. Um, as in terms of, you know. All of the rumors around it—it it sounds like Anthem went through a lot of retooling after uh, the blowback that EA had around loot boxes and loot crates and things like that. Okay, can, so, I,
2: can I just cut you off right there? Cause sure. The, the reason why when you brought up EA and my, in, uh, and loot boxes, when I was going through like my research to kind of figure out what my the three I'm most excited for, I had a comment that was highlighted. That I was going to bring up at the end, but in a nutshell, one of those awesome comments on the internet. It says EA at E3 2018. What to expect? Question mark. Microtransactions. The end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I honestly think that EA is going to drastically pull back on those loot boxes and microtransactions. And I think Anthem is going to be one of those places that we see it. I think there might be some cosmetic items, but I think it'll be hugely drawn back. And I, I really do believe there's going to be a sentiment change around EA this um, this year uh, especially because they know that they're in the hole they were once again rated america's worst company um (laughs) and whether that's warranted or not yeah i think they understand from a public relations perspective and from what their fans are saying uh they really need to turn things around and change how they're perceived and, and the way that they're monetizing their games and i think anthem in terms of a premise being You know, this massive shooting game um, with from everything that I've seen an incredible art style and graphics. Uh, The other day I noticed on Instagram they had ads that were going on on the stories for Anthem. And it was like, check out our trailer, Uh, which I think is the day of the E3 press conference. Um, so they're already putting spend behind getting people to watch the trailer. You
0: mean the physical billboards or on on Instagram like story on
1: native Instagram story ads?
0: They were like, "Watch our E3 yes. trailer!" Wow, they
1: were putting up ads for a trailer, and to me, that says that EA knows this is going to be a big thing. They're not even you know they're not even slow playing it. They know that this is going to be a big big game that people are excited about. So I'm really excited to take a look at it.
0: I just hope that it doesn't turn out to be Destiny. And I know like that's a really terrible comparison because Destiny has gone through so much turmoil and it's not 100% the same game, but I think it's it's like vying for the same audience. Um, I just really hope they're successful because after the last game that they developed, Mass Effect Andromeda, which I don't want to I don't want to speak to because I've not played, but the reception was not good. Um, I think that they they really need like a, a home run. Uh, I think when the Wall Street Journal starts to write about you know microtransactions, customer sentiment is not good. That's when it starts to affect a publicly held company. And uh, I don't know. I just yay... I wouldn't want EA to go away. I don't think they ever would, but um I'm really hoping Anthem is successful. Especially because there's probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people working
2: on it too. You know what, Jacob, you kind of almost took the words right out of my mouth. I really hope it does well too, because like when I when I first saw this like in the tra- not trailers, but just images and kind of the hype articles, I immediately thought Destiny, Halo, and I'm like, hey, are we just like regurgitating, like exoskeleton, super soldier, give him a gun, let's fight some invasive alien species I, I, th- I hope it does well. I hope it's great, but I- I'm, hold- I'm not holding my breath for this one, I think.
0: As long as they... If they're moving like the medium forward or they're doing innovative things, yeah, or like, yeah. let's
2: say they just make a really good video game,
0: then I'm, I would never like, wish for someone to fail. Let's just leave it at that. Michael, what is your second game? My second game
1: is going to be a Bethesda title. Because they are having a fantastic year.
0: Surprise, surprise, surprise,
1: surprise! And I'm incredibly excited to see Fallout 76. Uh, and the reason I say that is because every time uh, Bethesda releases something Fallout related, I get way more hooked on it than I thought I was ever going to be. And when I think uh, from from everything I've heard of Fallout 76, it's going to be a multiplayer focused Fallout game, and. You know, from, from the get go, that doesn't sound like the most appealing thing to me. But I know that Bethesda will find a way to make it work because when they released uh, Fallout Shelter, that didn't sound like it was going to appeal to me either. But I spent maybe 100 plus hours in Fallout Shelter.
0: Really? I didn't know about that. Settlement. And what's Fallout Shelter for those who don't Fallout
1: know? Fallout Shelter is a mobile game <laughs> where you run your own uh, vault. Uh, and you need to find the ultimate mix to make sure that your, your vault is as successful as possible. You send people out into the wasteland. They come back with more experience, more gear. You defend your vault from raiders. You do everything that you can to make sure that it's successful. Um, and It's
0: free to play too, right? It's
1: free to play, and I played so much of it. Uh, the thing that got me hooked was listening to Chris Remo talk about the ways in which he set up these false constraints of, I will only have one male in my vault and everyone else will be female. And any time a male <laughs> is born, I will wait until they're old enough and send them out into the wilderness. And when they come back, I will accept them and send them right back out. Um, so there is only one one male. And I thought these, these little stories that you could create for yourself in the game were interesting. So I, I fell right into it. And I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say is, I hugely trust Bethesda and I've loved all of the follow games since they've taken over the reins for it. So the, a new follow game to me, it, it just sounds absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see it.
2: No. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm probably one of the few people that have never played a Fallout game and it's kind of weird because it's one of those games that everyone has played and everyone speaks so highly of that when someone brings up oh have you played Fallout? I'm like oh no yeah, kinda, no, I maybe I have because it's almost embarrassing to say I haven't played Fallout Mike, in terms of all the previous Fallout's which had a positive like reception and everyone's loving this stuff is this set to be a good Fallout or are you just excited because it is like fall- another Fallout's coming out? Like, what? where are we at right here?
1: I haven't played a bad Fallout game. Like, every single Fallout game I've played has been pretty good uh, at the at the bare minimum. I view Fallout in the same way I view Grand Theft Auto. Okay. And that, you know, you might not absolutely be head over heels for the one that's the most current or the one that's recently released, but it's pretty hard to get into those games and not enjoy something about them and not enjoy your time with it. Um so I I think I think you'll love it, Mo, especially because you like these large crafting stories with a lot of mythology and lore.
0: Yeah. So confession, I've also never played a Bethesda RPG. It's like one of my hugest blind spots in like games. Right. I've never played uh, any Morrowind games. I've never played um, Fallout. And if you were to say before I ask you my, your third game, Mike, where do I start? on the fallout like path or, or rather on the bethesda rpg path
2: where do i start wait wait before he even says that mike just so you know <laughs> you have power right now this might be the fallout pre-game that we're gonna be playing so <laughs> so, so I've,
1: I've got my book right next to me and i'm writing in three uh three bethesda rpgs three
0: of them three we're, we're
1: in for some big hundred hour plus games boys it's oh, gonna I happen. i think
0: i'm can i guess the three that you're sure, gonna say go for a guess fallout three
1: no no i'm not putting fallout 3 on there morrowind i'm not putting morrowind oblivion i'm putting oblivion skyrim skyrim
0: gotcha and fallout new vegas
1: fallout new vegas those are the three
0: okay you wouldn't have us play fallout 3 first i would not okay i would not okay
1: so uh the reason i i picked those you know what we'll get into the reason i picked those at, at a later date but just know that those give you the breadth and scope of of what uh, games in those franchises are, and what those types of games can be. Um, so, I, I'm hugely looking forward to not only Fallout seventy six coming out, but also playing these other big RPGs with you boys.
0: Oh, RPGs! It hurts me, <laughs> Mike. What's your third game?
1: My third game is uh, I think I think it's you know expectations are a little bit low on it since last year's E three. But it is Beyond Good and Evil 2, and I have a real soft spot for Beyond Good and Evil. Um, One, it is a book that I love. And two, uh, it is a game from Michel Ancel uh, that was released in the PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube generation uh, that developed a real cult following and uh the storyline was really interesting the characters were were fantastic at the very end of the game you're given a, a bit of a curveball and you're kind of left hanging and uh from everything that we've seen of beyond good and evil 2 a game that had developments start and stop many times throughout it looks like it's a departure it looks like it's going in a different direction but it's also still in that same world so that to me is also just hugely exciting Because I want more stories in this world. Um, And I think the thing that is keeping that flame stoked for me is Michel Ancel, on his Instagram account, uh, continues to post concept art with small updates on the progress of it. Uh, And so every time I stumble across one more of those, uh, I get more and more excited. So Beyond Good and Evil 2, I think, is going to be a a standout of the show. I, I hope that I'm right.
2: Yeah, I saw some of the gameplay footage that they released, and that was pretty wicked. Knowing almost nothing about Beyond Good and Evil, and since like, I think I remember seeing maybe the cover art in like a bin at Walmart, like for Beyond Good and Evil, way back when, like one of those like discount bins. But yeah. I've never played any of it. But seeing that one little clip, I'm I think you're flying a spaceship and you're jumping off the spaceship, kicking someone in the face, jumping back on the spaceship or something. That looks pretty sweet. Just the scale of that, like, little environment kind of has me excited. I kind of want to see what's up, but I don't know much about it. I want to know more. So this E3 should be pretty sweet.
0: As a company, like, I adore Ubisoft. Like whenever Yves Guimont comes on stage and he just like true, true. very happily comes on and he's like these are the these are the video games we have for you today. <laughs> I, I can say that as a friend, as a francophone, I can do that. Um, but look at uh, me, I have Mario. I have Mario, and then this man is going to cry, and it will be so beautiful. <laughs> um, but I don't think this game could have happened at any other major publisher, and uh, given the, the turmoil that it's gone through they could have easily canceled it three times and I'm very glad they didn't because I feel like we're going to have a game that will be one of the tent poles of this generation. I hope. It should be We, can, we can only hope. Um, so that's that's our list. Uh, yeah.
2: We went through our three games. Do you want to just do a recap? Mo, your three games were... Um, oh, I can't even remember. It was Pokemon, any adventure game, so the the Eevee and Pikachu version or anything new from them. Um, a Super Smash Bros., for the Switch, and I'm also pro pro team Switch. I want the t- Switch to do really well, and Nintendo to do really well. And lastly, is the mega open world adventure that is Spider-Man this generation. That should be sweet. Fantastic. Uh,
0: Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima, Tsu chi. Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Last of Us Part Two, and Rage Two, and Michael.
1: Beyond Good and Evil Two, Anthem, and Fallout Seventy Six.
0: Great. Uh, before we close out the show, uh, we've got some comments from some of our uh, listeners in our Discord. Uh, we'll start with uh, Thomas, who's actually been on the show before. Um, his most anticipated games of the show, uh, he talked about Doom 2. Um, he's excited about Fallout 76. He's very excited to see uh, what Marvel and Square are cooking up. Yep. He's wondering about some Metroid footage. Um, and then he's also very interested in Ghosts of Tsushima um, and another listener, Hakam Hakam, said he's f- looking forward to DMC5, Dragon D- Dragon's Dogma 2, or Dead Rising 5. He said anything from Capcom, really. He said <laughs> Dead Rising 5 will probably be Capcom Vancouver's last chance to get it right uh, because Dead Rising 4 tanked and Puzzle Fighter on mobile was canceled. He would hate to see that company get shut down. Uh, we have two comments from our Twitter page. Andrew from Twitter said Red Dead Redemption 2, the first was far ahead of its time, both with multiplayer story and DLC. And he also said Last of Us Part 2 is a second. With such an emotional tone, The Last of Us never hesitates to hold the camera on something that makes you squirm. And cool. finally, our last comment comes from uh, the Games Gone podcast. It's a podcast done by two brothers, Michael and Larry. And what they had said is Super Smash Bros. for Switch, because I want them to announce my boy Bomberman joining the fray. <laughs> also, how about a Perfect Dark reboot? Because why not? Yo. Let's do this. That's a great pick.
1: That would be really interesting. Those would
2: be sweet. Nintendo, let's go.
0: So E3 is next week. Um, that's all for our show. Um, Mo, if the people want to listen and find you, where can they do so? You can find me at M-Martardi across the board or emmertardi.com. You can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major platforms and streaming games at jacobstreams.com. And Michael?
1: Find me at Ruflo M on most social places online or MichaelRufalo.com. And that, my friends, is one E3 that we're really hyped for.
0: Yes. Hype, 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 hype. <laughs>